Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Well, we welcome you to the Neighborhood Church today. So glad you are with us. Uh, five months ago, hard, hard, hard to believe, but five months ago, we called the church board and our staff and our elder together, and uh, we had to make decisions about how we're going to walk through COVID-19. We thought probably that it might be two weeks or three weeks It's now five months. I think the most important, or at least one of the most important decisions we made in that evening was, as we went through it, we're going to make sure as a church that we were praying through it. And we have faithfully asked God to be with us, to minister to us, to protect us and keep us safe. And we are grateful. And uh, just want you to be aware that 10 a.m. Monday to Friday, we're meeting in the Pine House Auditorium, the Pine House Sanctuary to pray. It really matters that we pray. And the second thing that happened in relationship to COVID-19 is um, my wife said to me, we really need to figure out how to stay connected here. And in the course of that, she said, why don't we just sit down and do... A devotional every day and at the beginning of that first devotional I made some reference to strength for the day we're here to give you strength for the day and that's what it's become known as and for the last 21 weeks we have been sharing strength for the day join us on it Facebook strength for the day dash the neighborhood church you'll get connected and it can be a blessing to you posted premiered at 9 a.m. every Monday to Saturday That was said to say that this last Tuesday, uh, we were in the Gospel of Luke. We've been looking at the parables of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And I was so struck by the parable that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me clearly and quite forcefully about that parable. So I'm going to minister today on what the Lord's been talking to me about. We'll be back next week. Uh, for some assembly required. So this week, just taking a one-week break from some assembly acquired, and today I'm going to answer three questions about faith. So what we dealt with on Tuesday was the 21st parable, but to understand what God's been talking to me about in the 21st parable, I need to talk to you about the 20th parable. And the 20th parable starts in Luke chapter 16, and verse 19. And it's the parable of a rich man and a man named Lazarus. The rich man dressed in the finest of clothes, ate great meals, and lived in a gated community, a gated house. You couldn't get into his yard. There was a big, strong gate there. And Lazarus was poor. And Lazarus every day went and sat outside the gate of Uh, the rich man's house. People would come by and give him some crumbs to eat. And the story tells us there was a dog that came and licked his wounds, licked his sores. Uh, 
every day. So Lazarus is living as a beggar, street person. In front of the rich man's house is where he kind of set camp up every day. And then the story Jesus is telling says both these men died. And now things are quite uh, different. The angels take Lazarus and carry him to uh, what is called the Paris, uh, the paradise side of, of Hades. Um, and he's living in comfort on the paradise side. And this rich man, uh, Scripture describes there being a great gulf between the, the paradise side of Hades and the hell side of Hades. And the rich man is on the hell side, and he's looking over this great gulf fixed between them. And uh, he says, uh, could you send Lazarus over here to give me a little sip of water? And Father Abraham says, it's not possible, sorry. And then uh, Lazarus, uh, the rich man, says, well, and he's talking here to Abraham, uh, who had carried Lazarus into, into this paradise side. Could you then at least send Lazarus back to the earth? I've got five brothers. And these five brothers need to know that hell is real. Eternity is real. Please send him back. I'm struck by how the story ends, and I, I read it to you uh, now, Luke chapter 18 and verse uh, 31. He said, Man, if your brothers will not listen to Moses, they won't listen to the Pentateuch, they won't listen to the prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, they won't be persuaded if a dead man comes and talks to them. So that's the first story. And then Jesus goes on from there, and uh, he tells another parable, the 21st parable, 10 lepers are healed. Uh, then he talks about the end times, in Luke chapter 17, and we get to the 22nd parable. So I'm really today talking about the 21st parable. But uh, the start of the 20th, and now I'm going to go to the 22nd, and then we'll get back to the 21st. So the 22nd parable is this parable of, uh, after Jesus has talked about the end times, is this parable of a judge who has this woman who comes and sees him every day and has a simple request. Give me legal protection from my opponent. Judge doesn't want to help her. New Living Translation says, finally he gives in, and I like the wording here, before the woman drove him crazy. So before the woman drives him crazy, he answers her importunity uh, responds to her constant request. And uh, Jesus ends that story with this question. Uh, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, here is what I want to point out. I think the Holy Spirit coordinates each one of these stories 
I think the Holy Spirit is the one who decides the order that they're told in Scripture, that uh, context of the way these stories are laid out is really, really important. So as I've been thinking about uh, this story, I'm going to take you back to uh, the middle parable, the parable uh, that I said I wanted to talk to you about. And it's the parable where Jesus talks about uh, the need to forgive people and to repent quickly. And the disciples' response to that was, increase our faith. Increase our faith. So Jesus asks the question in the 22nd parable, when the Son of Man comes back, will there be faith on earth? Uh, The disciples, when they hear Jesus' teachings, say, increase our faith. So I want to answer or ask and answer three questions uh, today. And the first one is, uh, and I'm quoting the disciples here, where they have said, increase our faith. The first question is, do we need more faith? Do we need more faith? Simple answer is, if you're a Chicago Blackhawk fan, probably you do need more faith this hockey season. But that's flippant and foolish and not really helpful in terms of what Scripture would say to us. Do we need more faith? And the simple answer from this story is, no, we don't need more faith. Jesus talks about the faith having faith like a mustard seed. He reads what they're thinking. He hears their question, do we need more faith? And he says, no, you just need faith like a mustard seed. And if you had faith like a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, uh, get up, be uprooted, go start growing in the bottom of the sea. Get over there right now. But then he goes on and uh, says, but... Which of you, if you have a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he comes into the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? Will they not say to him, prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink? And afterwards you can eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which you were commanded. Uh, So you too, so you too. When you do all the things which are commanded, you say, we're we're slaves, unworthy slaves. We've done only that which we ought to have done. Interesting response to the question, increase our faith. I'll wrap it all together, but Jesus basically says, guys, you don't need more faith. What he does say to them is you need real faith. The Pharisees are watching Jesus live, and they kind of get the idea that, man, we sure would like a sign from you. We would like you, Lord, to move some mulberry bushes, uproot mulberry bush, and go start growing in the sea. The Pharisees are saying that in Matthew chapter 12. But Jesus says, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign. We do not pursue signs. We do not pursue faith so we can move mountains, raise dead, multiply loaves, uh, uproot mulberry bushes. Uh, That's an adulterous type of worship. We don't worship signs. We worship God and his word. So 
Jesus says, first question is, do we need more faith? The answer is no. What we need is real faith. So then let me answer the question, what is real faith? So the second question, what is real faith? So we don't need more faith. We need real faith. So what is real faith? Is it uh, faith to move mountains? Is it faith to pluck up mulberry bushes? Is it faith to heal the sick and raise the dead? Well, certainly that's part of it, but we read these words in Deuteronomy chapter 13. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises amongst you, amongst you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign of the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him. You shall keep his commandments. Listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. So what is real faith? We don't need more faith. We need real faith. What is real faith? It's loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. It's following him. It's keeping his commandments. It's listening to his voice. It's clinging to him. What real faith comes down to, what real faith comes down to is building your life on the truth. It's building your life on the truth, clinging to him, not accepting somebody just because they come in and say something and they perform some signs and wonders, but they're saying, oh, you don't need to be too serious about pursuing God. There's other things you can uh, be pursuing as well. It's clinging to the truth. And we get this backwards. We get this backwards. We think that if uh, we uh, can just see some signs and wonders, then we'll believe. And God's word says, no, don't, don't follow the signs and wonders. Follow the truth. And I want to suggest to you that real faith is this simple conviction that what God has said, he means, and because he meant it, we believe it, uh, and pursuing signs and wonders will lead you to deception at times, potentially. Uh, just real faith is believing God and what God has said. Luke 16, 31, back to, and all these stories are in this order for a reason. Luke 16, 31, uh, uh, the rich man says to Father Abraham in, in, in Hades, hey, Send Lazarus back to the earth and get him to talk to my five brothers. And what's the response there? If they didn't listen to Moses, the Pentateuch in the Old Testament, if they didn't listen to the prophets, the prophets in the Old Testament, 
You'll not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. Signs and wonders are not a sign of, of anything except uh, that God may be at work or evil forces may be at work. The thing we build our life on, the thing we build our life on, is God's word. So what is real faith? I want to suggest to you that real faith is four things. So the disciples say, increase our faith. In verse number five of Luke chapter 17, Jesus has suggested, and the disciples are struggling with this, this is what it looks like. He says, people with real faith avoid sin and repent quickly. And of 1 John, 1 John 1, 7, 8, 9, makes it very clear that we're deceiving ourselves if we think we never sin. We do sin. But the person of faith hates sin, does his or her best to avoid sin. And when they find themselves trapped by sin or in sinful actions and attitudes, they repent quickly. So that's the first thing we notice about real faith. And the second thing we notice about real faith is if our brother happens to blow it, happens to sin, our attitude towards them is we forgive. And if he does the same sinful thing seven times in the same day, we forgive. You're a person of real faith. Your go-to response when we see uh, sin and failures in the family is to forgive. It's your first motive. It's your first reaction. It's your first response. I have an opportunity here to forgive. That's real faith. The, uh, the second or the third thing that characterizes real faith is, is this whole area of uh, realizing you're a servant. And he talks about the servant coming in at the end of the day and he doesn't sit down and expect to be fed, he realizes all he's supposed to be doing here is serving his master. So he makes his master a meal. And we recognize ourselves just as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have no other ambition in life other than to serve him and serve him well. That's real faith. And then the fourth thing in all of this connecting here that's taking place, Jesus talks about the end times and talks about uh, the reality that Jesus is coming back. And then uh, he uh, um, asks the question, will a man find faith on earth? And he asks that question in the context of this woman who just didn't give up, didn't stop praying. And real faith involves this understanding that God acts in our best interests all the time. and We get into his presence and we're comfortable in his presence and we're comfortable talking to him about what we need. We're people of prayer. So what's real faith? Uh, four things there. So let me ask then the final question. And that is when Jesus comes back, Will there be faith on earth? When Jesus comes back, will there be faith on earth? So when Jesus comes back, will there be faith on the earth? And and short answer is yes. Short answer is uh, yes. There's a day coming 
Luke chapter 17, when like the lightning, it'll flash out of one part of the sky and shine to the other part of the sky. That's what the day of the Lord's return is going to be like. And just as it happened in the days of Noah, so will it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They're eating, they're drinking, they're marrying, they're being given in marriage. And then Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Life was just going on normal. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building. But on that day, Lot went out from Sodom and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Be just the same when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, one who's on the housetop, whose goods are in the house, must not go down to take them. Uh, there won't be time for that. Remember Lot's wife. He says, this is what it's going to be like. I tell you, on that night, there'll be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other will be left. There'll be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken and the other will be left. Will there be faith on the earth? Yes. Jesus says some will be ready and some will be left. Two are sleeping together. One goes up, one stays. Two are working on the field. One goes up and another stays. Will there be faith on the earth? Yes. And Jesus also reminds us that uh, in the end times, there's going to be false prophets out there deceiving a lot of people by doing signs and wonders. Real faith won't be characterized because you saw some signs and some wonders and you got all excited about them. Real faith, the people who, who are ready to meet God are people who avoid sin and repent quickly. It's a sign of real faith. Real faith are people who forgive quickly. It's their first response to, to people and situations and circumstances in life. Real faith is, is setting aside our own agendas and saying, Lord, I'm just here to serve you. I'm putting all my hope, all my confidence in you. And real faith is characterized, and, and it's interesting that this is a story Jesus tells right about saying, after saying, one will be taken, one will be left. One will be taken, one will be left. He tells the story of this woman who kept on praying. Real faith is characterized by this prayerful attitude towards God and this love of communicating with Him and uh, being a person of prayer. Will there be faith on earth when the Lord returns? Yes, there will be. My prayer is that all of us who are listening in today will be people of faith, friends. It's not about pursuing signs and wonders. They may come, and we rejoice if they do. But real faith is being deeply rooted in obeying God's Word. You say, well, I want people uh, to have... Uh, physical health, and I want quadriplegics to get healed. So do I. But friends, if we can't believe God enough to forgive somebody who offends us, we're kidding ourselves if we think we can believe God to heal the quadriplegic. 
It's a life that is deeply rooted in God's Word and has deep confidence in what He has said is instruction for our lives. That is real faith. So I invite you today as we go into time of worship to maybe look at your life and have you had real faith in Jesus Christ? Have you acknowledged your need of Him? Are you His servant or are you, you still self-willed? doing things for your own pleasure, pursuing your own desires. May God help us to be people who are ready to meet him. One will be left, one will be taken. Let us be people of real faith. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.